0: Hello everyone and a warm welcome to the first ever University of Football podcast with your host Dean and Ahmed. Hello how how are you Ahmed? I'm very good thank you Dean how are you? Not too bad not too bad just uh making some plans for the summer because I've got nothing to do. How was your week? Uh, it was a good week. What about you? Have you been behaving yourself? Uh, I always try
1: to, but it never really ends well. So, no, no this, is, this, is, uh, this is really exciting. I'm, I'm really happy to be here with you and uh, start uh, the first episode of the University of Football pod, which should be a really, really good journey. And uh, if you're listening in the beginning, the very
0: first episode, then they join the ride. Only one place to start, and that's these World Cup qualifiers that have been taking place this week. A very exciting time for me. I don't know about you, but it's always nice seeing. You know, there's a lot of lot of stuff on the line for these games. Yes, yeah, it definitely is, especially um,
1: on very near neighbours. Uh, but both islands actually not really having the best of times when it comes to uh, the uh, the playoffs and the two the two legs, um, especially Northern Ireland, who really feel a bit cheated after that first that first leg and, and the penalty, which probably cost them because they're not really the team you'd bank on to score. Um, Republic of Ireland got a little bit of beating as well. So no, there is a lot to talk about. We we'll probably go through all the qualifiers and and a lot of things um, in this podcast. So um, yeah exciting times exciting times we well, touched
0: on it there so there's only a logical place to start and that is europe yes of course, yes uh, the home of the current world champions germany but even before you get into the to the nitty-gritty of the playoffs holland didn't even make it to the playoffs what, what, what's going on
1: there oh god holland where do i start um they, were, were they even at the euros before they weren't in no, the they, they, they
0: came third at the world cup with uh, Van Hal third, and of course Van Hal left, went to United, and they haven't been at a tournament since. See, I'm a United fan, and I find that so difficult
1: to believe that Van Hull was the, was w- one of the reasons why they they reached the third the th- uh, the, um, the um, third place when it came to the World Cup. So in 2000. And, um, Fourteen. So I, I'm I'm really confused really. So they've got great players. They've got one of the best wingers in the world, um, right now. Um, I Robin. Or maybe not right now, but he's definitely one of the best wingers on his day. Um and obviously Memphis Depay who's doing really well at Leon. Um and just I'm slightly confused on what it is what the issue is there. Um they keep changing managers all of a sudden. Um Dick Advocate was there. I think he's he was their current manager before, uh, yeah. after after uh, after Blint. So um, he's not my first uh, um, choice when it comes to a manager to get my national team back on track after his uh, quite disappointing uh, time at Sunderland. So it, it it really I can't really put my th- my finger on what the issue is uh, when it comes to Netherlands. But hopefully. We'll see them um, in major championships very
0: soon because they're a big part of football, um, a big part of international football. It's always nice to see the bigger nations qualify as well. You know, it makes it feel a little bit more real, a little bit more special, and a little bit more exciting as well.
1: Yeah, well, international football. To be honest, when most of international football, when it comes all all year round, it is quite disappointing and long. And everyone wants the Premier League and the Spanish La Liga to come back so we can watch the best players in the world. But when it comes to World Cup qualifiers and the really end of of that whole campaign, then the excitement does reach a very high level uh, in all continents, not just Europe. Um, also, you mentioned we'll be going through Africa and South America, and uh, with our expert later on. Yes, Roberto. I'm, Roberto, I'm very excited about that. Um, so yeah, like I said, World Cup, uh, the World Cup is always a great time uh, every four years, obviously. So. Exciting times ahead. It's almost like a party, a
0: celebration of football and brings yes. the, the whole world together. Yes. But let, let's just touch on the, the, the reasons Holland uh, didn't make it. Yeah. Now, they finished third to France and Sweden, and people gave that Sweden side no chance when they were drawn up against the Italians. And Ahmed, like, what happened? They lost... They lost, um, and,
1: uh, poor, uh, Buffon, who oh. really gave me, I, I was, I, literally, I was, I was shedding a tear throughout Aww. that. I know, I know. I, I really, do you know what? He is one of the best keepers to ever grace the game, And I of think course. there's no doubt about yes. that. Um, and he's been to a lot of World Cups let's be honest he's even won a World Cup so it's not really part of his bucket list that he needs to tick off I think the Champions League uh, for him was something he needed to tick off obviously we know what happened there with Real Madrid um, disappointing times for him again I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to cry again I don't wanna, yeah exactly so no Italians um, really looked um, quite, quite confused on, on how to break that Sweden defence who just to give them credit, they were brilliant both legs defensively. Um, but a few questions to ask about the Italian manager actually, yes. who really got a lot of uh, of abuse uh, from these from the Italian fans, obviously who who really didn't want him to be a manager in the first place. So he was lo- he was he was really losing a battle uh, before it even started. Um, questions about Insignia not starting, one of the best players in the Italian league. Uh, really a big hand in in the helping Napoli um, l- leading Serie A obviously right now so why wasn't he starting that's one thing actually and the second thing is when you're one, uh, when you're one nil down in aggregate, and you need a goal, and you decide to put Daniele De Rossi on the pitch over Insignia, then you've got real problems. I don't know, I don't care who, what kind of manager you are, who you are, what your name is in world football, but you've got a real problem if you're trying to put a defensive midfielder um, when you need a goal.
0: And I was quite confused when I saw that. I don't know what you thought of it. Well, it's obvious that the, the manager seems to have his favourites. You know, yeah. there's obviously reasoning why he's not picked in Sydney. I can understand not picking your attacking players in the away leg when you when you're you know not at home. You're not going to have much of the ball, but at home in front of the fans, you know they chose to play at the San Siro because they'd never lost there. And and I can't even remember any sort of clear cut chances Italy really had. You know, it's not like they banged on the door and you know tore Sweden apart. They didn't. Yeah, Lindelof. He had nothing to do really. It was a it was a calm, comfortable game, almost like he was sitting on the bench again for Manchester United. <laughs> but it's a it's a real shame for Italy and you, and you look at their group and you say, Okay, I can understand them finishing second to Spain. Pretty much any team would have finished second to Spain. But then when you're drawing against Sweden, you've really got to fancy the Italians considering that they'd won the thing, what, eleven years ago, and to not even be at the tournament. It's gonna to be it's gonna be a big loss, you know, that anthem, that blue kit, the uh, a, a lot of people who don't have their nation at the at the tournament. Um, including myself, often <laughs> choose to support Italy because they always relate to them and, and, and like their brand of football. But now for them to not even be there, I, I think it's a, it's a real shame for the tournament itself.
1: They, they were unlucky, though, I have to be honest. When it comes to a deflected goal um, in the first leg, they were always in the back foot after that. So, it's it, yeah, you, you are right about not uh, the the competition, the World Cup, not being the same without Italy. We've always, uh, throughout my uh, my life anyway, I've always seen Italy in the World Cup and always being a powerful nation when it comes to a World Cup. And um, it's going to be weird not seeing them there. Um, just to obviously... Um, look at the game again, you did say they didn't really achieve anything for almost 70 minutes, really, when Al-Sharawi came on. They had a few glimpses here and there. Um, and, no, I'm not mentioning Al-Sharawi because uh, I have a preference for Al-Sharawi because I know you're giving me a bit of a look here. But uh no he he did he he's obviously had a decent a decent start to his season as well with roma um you saw what he did to to chelsea at yeah. home quite recently um and he's a bit of a on and off player he's never consistent he'll have one great season and one not so great se- uh, season so um if i was an Italian manager and I'm looking to to really um, score a goal early on when it comes to Sweden, I would have had Shorawi and Insignia both starting because they're, they're in form. It, just, it only makes sense. I'm really baffled by the decision, to be honest.
0: They're too conservative from Italy.
1: They've, they've always been um, seen as a bit too conservative, maybe yes. leaning to the defensive side of the game. Um,
0: and it's, it's helped them throughout the years, but maybe the wrong decision was made this time. Well, they're a big loss to the tournament, but that's what the qualifiers do to you. Anything can happen in them. Let's move on to another one. Let's move on to one of the ones you touched on earlier, and that's Northern Ireland against Switzerland. And only one penalty decided the entire tie. Similarly to Italy, where one goal decided the entire tie. And that was a very harshly given penalty uh, when Northern Ireland were playing at home. Do you think they deserve to go through? Were they unlucky not to go through? And and how good is that Switzerland team? Well,
1: if we're going to talk about Northern Ireland first, I thought it was a great effort by the uh, the boys in green. They uh, they obviously have a lot of guts in them, um, a lot of heart, um, because, let's be honest, there's not a lot of quality in that side. Um, other than Stephen Davis and, and big Johnny Evans, who, to be honest, has had quite a good couple of years for club and country. Yeah. So, um and uh, they haven't got anything, they didn't have anything to lose coming into this game. They've obviously qualified for previously for the Euros after a long absence. So that to me actually is quite a big achievement, um, even though they haven't qualified for the World Cup. But just looking at the game as well, the, the decision by the way, there's there's a couple of decisions in that first leg were, that were absolutely, literally, I, I cannot believe the referees made... That handball call, you're on the wrong side. You haven't seen the the the, the end. You haven't seen the end because um, you're looking. You're on. He's on. I think he's on the left side, and um I'm not sure who who was the player with the
0: who hit uh, who, his hand. Who I was think it? it was, uh, well, it was an Northern Ireland player, of course. But <laughs> but what, what what's interesting about that decision is yes. that there was no VAR, and the World Cup will have VAR. VAR. So if that happened in the World Cup, it would have been cleared up very easily but is the World Cup qualifiers so why do you have VAR in the competition in the, in the World Cup or why, why don't you have it in the qualifiers themselves well I guess they used it in the Confederations Cup last summer Yeah. but I guess it's still in the trial period and it's a shame because that could have changed the real complexion of that tie with Northern Ireland you know instead of being a goal down Switzerland should have probably been a man down in that game and they're going to feel really cheated out of all that hard work and yeah. one decision out of their hands it's, it's gone it
1: is It is quite gutting for the f- uh, you, you you saw it after the final whistle they uh, they they were all on the ground and they, they did seem quite disappointed, but they did have a chance with a couple, with a couple of minutes to go Johnny Evans oh of all people Johnny of all people. It was um great header, but what a clearance by Rodriguez seriously, to score the goal. And then go on to save a, uh, a goal in a, in a goal line clearance. The, the boys had a, a great uh, two leg match, um, and he, to be honest with with Rodriguez, he's had a good season as well with AC Milan. Um, and you've also talked about you. You asked me what, what about the uh, the Switzerland side? That's a great, great Switzerland um, side in terms of age and what they've been able to achieve. Um, Fabian Schär in defence, who in my opinion should have been sent off for that first yeah. first half tackle. He shouldn't have been on the pitch. He's had a good season. Um, Sommer in goal, uh, another player who who. Um, Really represented Switzerland um in when he was younger in mean, the under 19s, under twenties, um always been a great player. Um and Umbolo who plays for Schalke, actually, great young player, um, linked with Manchester United actually in the summer. A couple of summers now he's been linked with Manchester United. He chose to go to Germany um and develop himself. That's another very young player who uh really is going to improve and develop in the next couple of years and I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to um a big side in the next couple of uh, couple of years. So yeah, Switzerland have a good young side. I don't think they'll be a big threat when it comes to the World Cup. They they will be a bit of an issue for some of the top sides um in the World Cup if they're drawn against Switzerland. Um but yeah, a great a great side and deserve to to qualify although
0: they did get a little bit of help from the referee. Well, the thing is about Switzerland is, although they were playing in the playoffs, they, they got 27 points out of a possible 30 in the group. They only lost Portugal away, which they're the European champions. And to finish second with 27 points, that's nine wins, one loss. It's a very impressive record, whoever you're playing. yeah, And maybe a, a side to keep an eye on in the summer. Yeah. They,
1: to be honest, they, they really should have qualified. Um, a Portugal side who really relies on Ronaldo, um, Do have some decent plays in Bernardo Silva, obviously. But they went to Portugal knowing that they needed to go and and really get a result there. They were very unlucky. I watched that game. They were very unlucky not to qualify whilst they were in Portugal. Obviously, got the friendly draw when it came to Northern Ireland. I'm sorry if I'm offending any Northern Ireland uh, fans out there. But if you're one of the top sides in that uh, draw when it comes to... um, um, seeing who, who, which kind of uh, teams you you get um, in the two-legged matches, then you are praying you get Northern Ireland only because they're not really going to pose any threats attacking-wise that much. Um, and to be honest, I really I I, I thought Switzerland were going to blitz them really, and they they didn't really you know show much attacking threat. Um, Northern Ireland actually played very well, so it, it's a shame for Northern Ireland. Obviously, we want to give Switzerland credit, but Northern Ireland really should feel a bit guided about that
0: yeah credit to northern ireland for their defensive display mainly as yes. well keeping uh, a clean sheet there um another island though didn't do so well defensively they would had in five at home oh. what are the republic doing oh. what with roy Keane in that dressing room i wouldn't want to be there at full time it, it almost seemed like the perfect result in the first leg you know going to denmark getting the draw getting the clean sheet and then going one up but then it was just an absolute disaster well, I didn't really watch this game properly. I was I was too busy watching the ball
1: fest that was England versus oh, Brazil, yes. oh, which yes. uh, I really nearly, <laughs> I nearly fell asleep during that match. Um, but I did watch a little bit of the game um, and the goals back, and it did seem like it was the perfect scenario for Republic of Ireland when it came to 15 minutes in. You've obviously kept a clean sheet, and I'm thinking, all right, well, Republic of Ireland, actually, they've got a great chance, actually. If they get the fans behind them, score an early goal, which they did actually, so they'll be gutted. And Martin O'Neill will be gutted because that's exactly what he relies on. He relies on really um, relying defensively uh, on your experienced players and then trying to get it on the counter-attack with um, Mr James McLean, who really has been in good form. Um, I've been quite harsh on him uh, when it comes to him playing for West Brom, um, but... He's he's been a really decent player for them in the campaign, but it's it's tough for them because they really should have held it out and they shouldn't have lost by five. But when you keep pushing forward, you're leaving a lot of gaps at the back, and that's exactly what happened for Republic of Ireland. Um, yeah, Roy Keane won't be happy Roy Keane won't be happy And I wouldn't want to be in that dressing room no, no, no. I wouldn't want to be in that dressing room So he'll, he'll have a few harsh words for the boys But I'm sure they'll pick themselves up I don't know if they'll be moving forward with Martin O'Neill I know that they will. there will be a meeting between Martin O'Neill and um, uh, the Irish FA So they will probably talk about that But I don't think he'll continue He's been good with them He's, he's really tried to develop them as a team But I don't think he can do much with the squad um in terms of qualifying only. Um and they were close to this
0: this instance, but talk about Ericsson though. Eriksson. Well oh, a hat trick, that's Ooh. one way to announce yourself on the world stage, isn't it? He's a brilliant and- player can't also forget Nicholas Bentner getting on the score sheet. And if he scores against you, you definitely shouldn't be going to the World <laughs> Cup, let's be honest. Well, I saw, I saw a tweet
1: mentioning the amount of players, the quality of players that are not going to the World Cup. Yet, yeah, we're going to be very excited because Does Lord Bentner's going to be there. So The man himself. The man himself, yeah. So, it, it, listen. Denmark on the greatest side, let's be honest. They've got a good
0: goalkeeper though. They've got
1: a great goalkeeper. Um, son of another you know, great good goalkeeper. goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It runs in the family, it I'm guessing. Does, um and uh, and another great cam. Um Lord Bender himself. So listen, they're not they're not gonna cause any issues when it comes to the World Cup to the top sides. They will try to, but they've got a lot of quality in that side. Um a balanced quality through the lines. Uh, when it comes to goalkeeper all the way to attack so they can cause some issues but are they going to be a threat when it comes to the World Cup I don't think so and I think they're going for the experience
0: it's nice to see Denmark back in the tournament as well though first time since 2006 yeah and of course last but certainly not least the playoff between Croatia and Greece now Croatia (gasps) with one game to go in their group change manager managed to get an important win in Ukraine Got to the playoffs, of course, Iceland won their group. Can you believe it? They're, oh. they're showing it wasn't a fluke of the Euros. And then you got a Greece side, very good defensively, only conceded five goals in ten qualifying games. And the first leg, it, it was it was over after the first 90 minutes, really, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, they, they got the job done in Croatia, to be honest. Um, Croatia got some great players, great yes. players. Rakitic, Modric, um, just, you know, great quality there. So it wasn't a big surprise to see... Um, uh, a team that relies so much on their attack beat a team that really relies on their defence. And mm-hmm. when the defence doesn't work out for Greece, it, they obviously crumbled. So I think after the leg the game was over, the first leg it was over. Um, I was a bit surprised to see the the score after the second
0: leg. I thought Greece would probably go for it. But one shot on target. I they think they they'd given up. Yeah, <laughs> I think Socrates said himself... Yeah, they knew they were they were out already, and that's a really demoralising thing to read, especially if you're Greek. Um, that's that's what the mentality you want to going into
1: nah. a, a, a leg. I, I remember as an Egyptian myself when we lost six one to Ghana uh, mm-hmm. in the African World Cup qualifiers. Um, I remember as well. Yeah, there you go. See, um, and um, we, we we never thought we we were out of it. So, and if if we were to think that the team thought of that, then it would be a great disaster. We always need to keep hope and uh, the thing that they, they gave up, that is a, that is not the mentality
0: you want to have um, when you're a, a top side like Greece. So we know all the European nations that would be taking part in the World Cup, we've got the uh, the, the four playoff winners we've just talked about, you've got all the group winners and of course you've got the hosts, Russia. Uh, wh- which European nation do you think has the biggest chance of winning the tournament? France I'm I'm I i do not even need to think about it France um
1: with the quality they have um they honestly they can field free top side play so top side uh, line literally that's how deep their squad is um and if you're some of the players in the France squad who are at least you know getting some caps you'll be very disappointed not to be in that squad um but their their first uh, their first um team lineup will be Really, blowing away some of the teams of the World Cup, um, Pogba, Griezmann, Martial, just some of the the players that we're mentioning here, and that's not that's not really, uh, um, you know, uh, the whole story um, when it comes to France and a, and a decent manager as well. Uh, to think that uh, Benzema can't even get in. Obviously, because of issues, but I don't think he would be able be able to get into the team. Um, that's how deep their squad is. Um, so yeah, I think they'll probably they'll probably be one of the favourites going into their Germany. Um, they haven't got the best of quality when it comes to to players, but the mentality that runs through German football and the international sides in every um, age group and uh, and every tournament that they go into, they always have a chance. Um, so, yeah, I think those two are, the, are really the tip of the iceberg when it comes to Europe's challenges going
0: into the World Cup. What do you think? Not England, that's for <laughs> sure. I think this is one of the worst England sides in ages. I, yeah. I think Germany have to respect them for being world champions, uh, for winning the Confed Cup with their youth team. Um, France, uh, I'd say on paper they've got the best team in Europe, but I do think losing that final at home to Portugal will still be in the back of their minds. Yeah. The way they, they lost that, it was, it was you know, demoralising, really. And you think back to to the team then and the team now, and it's pretty much the same team. I think Angolo Cante will be a huge player for France at the World Cup. Um, of course, first World Cup for him. But I actually do think, OK, that Belgium have got a real shot at this tournament. They've got a new manager in Martinez um, who took over from Wilmots. It's a golden generation, really. They're not going to have a better squad like this in ages. And Hazard... Uh, You know, go through the whole team, De Bruyne, Courtois, Vertongue and Order of the World. You could go through the whole squad and and, and name them. And then you look at their bench as well. You can even got Marion Fellaini in there, can you believe? And I'm praising him, yes. I'm not (laughs) mocking him. (laughs) I do think that Belgian side can do something. And if you look at Holland Holland and uh, Italy not qualifying, um, I do think that means we'll have a bit of a shock this summer. Maybe a nation that hasn't won it before will win it. And I do think the Belgians can really do something special. In, in, in Russia But how many times Are we going to say The Belgians are going to do Something in Russia In a World Cup Or in the Euros
1: Because we always say This is a golden generation But when are they Actually going to do something um, yeah. They we, we said that in 2014 They've got a golden generation We know that Lukaku um, Leading goalscorer for Belgium of I don't course. think that's to, uh, that's spe- Specifically hard to do um, With their history Of, of goal goalscorers um, Obviously Hazard uh, so, so it Obviously, we know they've got a great team and a great squad, but who is going to be that person to actually lead this team to the last stages of a big tournament? And I don't think they'll do it because we keep giving hope in them. We we keep putting hope in them to actually challenge these top sides, but they're not doing it. Um, 2014, I think they struggled against the US, Mm -hmm. and if any team struggles against the US, then you really need to evaluate... um, your sides and your mentality going into uh into matches. Um I actually wanted to ask you a question. Um, would France be able to if the because I think Germany and France will probably be in the latter stages of that tournament. Yeah. If both of them faced against each other, who do you think will come on top?
0: Well they faced each other last night and uh In competitive. They competitive finished two all because I don't think there's much between them. I think you look at the goalies, very, very good. Probably the two best goalkeepers in the world uh, on their day. I do think Germany lack a centre-forward, though. And if you look at the French options, just, you know, a plethora. They could choose loads. Germany could borrow one from France if they want. Exactly. <laughs> Germany, they didn't really play with a striker. In the World Cup, they won it without a striker, of course, closer. But... Um, he's retired and since then there's not really been a guy up front for them to lead the line and that's what we saw in the Euros is what they struggled with you've got all these great midfielders who can pass the ball who can keep the ball you've got solid defenders there you've got a great goalkeeper but up front they really lack someone is Thomas Muller going to be able to do that job again of course he's very close to breaking the record Ronaldo set for most goals in a World Cup yeah. I, I just think France beat them in Euro 2016 in the, in the, in the semi-final and I think right now, France would probably beat them again. Are they, uh, do, would you go along with that? Yeah, I, I, th- I think so. I,
1: like I said before, France are the team in Europe to beat. Um, let's talk Spain, actually. Because this is a team which probably just gone a bit past their golden generation. Uh, the tiki-taka football of, uh, of, of Spanish. Um, which has gone, actually, for a lot of years now. I don't know. Do you remember... Uh, the great times when uh, Torres and Villa couldn't get a game because Ces Fabregas was playing the, uh, the striker role. Oh, wow. See, that's that's how confident they were. Um, do you think, with the new generation that's coming through, um, they'll be able to challenge those top two sides that we
0: mentioned before? I think they've got a good chance because most of the team plays in England, weirdly enough. I know, yeah. apart from Ramos and PK, it's a pretty much Premier League. Based team, you've got De Gea and particularly the Chelsea situation. Now, you've got a a, a cluster there in Morata, Alonso, Aspilicueta, Fabregas, um, you know, there's there's a Pedro, there's a few Spanish players there and they all know each other. And of course, you've got Diego Costa, who if he starts going for Atletico, will probably go to the World Cup as well. But I do think this tournament is going to be too hard for them. I, I don't think they've got the quality to compete with with France and with Belgium. I, I just don't see what the Spanish can do really. I think Morata, I think he's too inconsistent. Ramirez would have kept him if he was solid. Ramirez would have loved a Spanish centre forward and he hasn't got that quality, I think, to compete with the likes of Lukaku or Mbappe or Martial. I just think that this Spanish team, it's a bit young as well with some of the players they've got, but I don't really see it doing much in the, in the tournament. That's a fair point, actually. Uh, you mentioned Diego Costa; he could be a real game
1: changer. Oh yeah! If he's if he's able to come back, get fit, score goals for Atletico, then Spanish Spanish football will be alive again, um, both um, in the league and um, when it comes to internationally as well. I don't think he has big threats when it comes to his position um, on the plane. He'll definitely be on the plane if he's able to score. If he's fit, he'll if be he's on fit, the plane. he'll be on the plane. Mm. Exactly. Um Morata's the only guy uh, on the when it comes to attacking strikers. Uh, is he the only, Is he going to go ahead of Diego Costa? I don't think so.
0: I don't think so. I I don't, d- I've I don't, had Costa. Yeah. I think
1: Antonio Conte would have Costa over Morata right now. Yeah. You know <laughs> Dear me, yeah. Um, but Morata's on the. Like, you, you said he's he's very inconsistent. On his day, he's a great player absolutely great player but um, probably their main player Spain is David Silva who seems to can't stop score because hmm. he's scored almost in every game they've played in the campaign last tournament for him I think so I think so maybe at his best um, his last tournament but he could stay for, for Euros after this maybe but he won't be at his best I don't think um, Kevin De Bruyne is kind of chipping at him and Manchester City I don't think he'll be um, starting for Manchester City quite long before De Bruyne starts to take over the reins but yeah, he's a great player to have. three D years, he's shown us some great goals and um, great matches whilst he's been in England. So he's even cut his hair. I'm I'm so yeah. gutted about him cutting his hair. He, just I just love know. it when he when he just his hair used to you know flip around. But yeah, on a serious note, um, Spain are a great side, and if they're able to really get their mojo back and, and um, when it comes to major
0: competitions, then they can really be a big threat uh, to the other sides. Final word on Europe. Yeah. The minor sides. Iceland in the tournament. Serbia. Can they do anything? Can you see any shocks from the smaller nations?
1: Iceland. Iceland, Iceland, Iceland. Okay. Well, Iceland, obviously... They, uh, shocked us all, especially for people listening to this podcast based in England. Um, yeah, they're, they're they're actually a side very dependent on uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson, who hasn't had the best of seasons with Everton. Let's be honest. No. Um, if I was an Iceland manager, if I was the Iceland manager, I'd be very uh, concerned, concerned um, about his mentality at Everton and how they're making him feel for the 45 million transfer. But listen, this is a side which has obviously uh, learned to 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 cope with big matches. Um, they have decent players. They, they've they been in the big occasion in the Euros. They've beaten the top side in, in England. So I wouldn't rule them out in causing another upset, especially with their brilliant fans. Um, they'll be travelling in their numbers. And clapping. Uh, and clapping, yeah. Um so yeah, I I wouldn't rule them out uh, causing an upset here, and there, especially if they're in the same group as England, I'll I'll <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll be I'll be um, you know hoping that they do well, and for their small population of people living in, in Iceland, I'm sure it'll be a, a
0: very very big event for them um, and their country. So that's it for Europe then. Obviously, can't yeah. wait until the tournament starts to see how they all get on. But we must remember that it's not. A European tournament, and that is the beauty of the World Cup. Yes, people from across the globe come and they go toe to toe with the world's best, and some sometimes they do they do something special. And um, so let's move on to Africa. Five spots for them—that's another story. Yep, North Africa back to its best.
1: Indeed, um, I think it's a great. It's a great time for North African football um, Obviously Yeah we we, we had a disappointment of Algeria uh, <laughs> Not um, mm. Qualifying but yeah. They should have really It's if you a think shame about that it. the
0: biggest North African nation yeah. Then the best one hasn't qualified for the tournament Yeah um, I,
1: I think I would argue that maybe they're not the best At the moment uh, They weren't the best when it came to the African Cup of Nations quite recently <laughs> They uh, didn't do quite well But listen they have great players let's be honest yeah. They have great players Um and there's obviously an issue with the manager. Um, obviously, a playing style. Um, uh, we also saw that press conference between Mahrez and the manager. And we saw how tense the situation is. Um, even though they did win that match against the Central African Republic. But, like I said, this that's a story for another time. Algeria will probably be back. They'll definitely be back. Um, I have no doubt about that. But let's talk about Morocco, actually. Who basically uh... Played one of their best matches away from home um, in beating uh, a very poor Ivory Coast side i think uh... who other than Wilfred Zaha really haven't got any quality in their side and if i was them i would really worry about the future of Ivory, Ivory Coast football um, Benatea, uh was great at the back. Yeah, he scored. He scored once again. Um, and always seemed, he always seems to score in the big games. Benatea yeah. even even with for his club football. So, no Morocco, I've had a great campaign, and to stick with Ivory Crows throughout um, yeah. is is a great achievement. Um, we mentioned North African football. Let's talk about Tunisia, who probably had a bit of anticlimax in their group. <laughs> they drew
0: with Libya. Um, I think they're a bit nervous. A bit nervous, I, I yes. think the nerves can go can go through there. And of course, if Libya scored a goal, they would have been out. Yes, so exactly. they should be very thankful they got there in the end.
1: I wouldn't be banking on Libya scoring, to be no, honest.
0: No, no, no. Yeah, their country's going through quite a tough time anyway,
1: so we're not expecting anything from Libya at the moment, but I'm sure when uh, they'll keep growing and,
0: and developing and hopefully um, uh, join the North African sides as well. I do think Morocco could do something special at the tournament. I think they'll definitely make the last 16. Yeah, I think Reynard in charge is, is a big component of them. And if you look across the team, there's some great quality there. Great quality yes, with, yeah. with Ziyech from Ajax. You've got the Real Madrid fullback uh, Hakimi. You've got Bernatio, who you talked about. You've got some great players there. You've got Bouffal at Southampton. And I, I really see them doing something. I think as a team, they work so well together. And that stems from... The manager and I and I think in, in Russia they'll surprise a few people. Tunisia, though, I, I I can't see them getting getting past the group stage. It's, they've done so well to qualify, by the way, really well. They were aided a bit by Libya's games being played in Tunisia, but you you can't fault a team for qualifying for the tournament. And I just think it's it's a little bit too much for them. It's it's a big jump, you know, going playing against Libya to playing against Germany and France, and I, and I can see them struggling.
1: I 100% agree with you when it comes to Morocco. Morocco are the best African side. Going into the World Cup, yeah, um, they're the team that you expect to do something there. Uh, they're the team that have the best quality. Um, you mentioned Hakimi, who plays week in, week out for Real Madrid now because of Carvajal's um, apparent injury. Um, he will really benefit from from some of the some of the game he's playing with at Real Madrid. Zayek, who's, who's a, a great, great young player, um, plays for Ajax. Um, we saw him. I saw him actually in the Europa League um, as a United fan. When I saw him yeah. play against United, you could see the movement and the intelligence of the player was really great. Um, and throughout that tournament, he was great. So, listen, Morocco, we're expecting a lot from them. Um, I don't want to put too much expectation on them because usually, when you put expectation on the African sides of the World Cup, it doesn't really end well, um, except for Ghana in 2010, uh, who did quite well. So, yeah, it, it really depends on 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 what group they get. Um, Obviously, Algeria. We saw Algeria do very well in 2014. And it was because of the group. The group was quite lenient. It was nice to them. It was nice to them. Um, getting Russia, who will be the hosts, Um And and South Korea. So, no, listen. Winning a game at a World Cup is difficult. It's a difficult feat. Especially if you're an African side. Yeah, uh, They haven't got the best
0: history at the World Cup, let's be honest. So, North African side has been great. Let's talk about Egypt. Let's talk about Egypt. Now, the first thing I want to ask you is... Yeah. Did you expect Egypt to qualify?
1: Okay, well, if anyone listens to this podcast, I'm obviously Egyptian, so that's why Dean is... It's very, uh, obvious. is very obvious. He's very obvious. And there is a bit of uh, a North African rivalry going on between yes. Algeria and Egypt. But when Egypt. you saw the
0: group was, was drawn out and you yeah. got Ghana in that group, did you think Egypt would qualify?
1: If I'm being honest, 100% mm. honest, I was petrified. Mm. Only because um, Ghana at the time of the draw... Was seen as one of the biggest sides in Africa, and they always qualify for the World Cup. Always, I say always, but very recently they've always qualified. And looking at the time at Egyptian football, I couldn't see past a one-man team, and that is Mohamed Salah. Um, So, I'm I'm surprised. I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, Egypt's gone absolutely crazy since that since that campaign and that successful campaign. and it, it's, um, ma- the majority of the praise should go to Mohamed Salah, who was involved in every single goal. All, all, all the goals all in that the campaign. Penalties. The penalties There were some penalties. There wasn't all penalties. Um, I think it, was one in every home game. It was, looks like yeah. it, yeah. The, the, the referees are quite friendly to us, as very you've mentioned friendly. before. <laughs> very, very, very friendly. Yes, but <laughs> but you, listen, Egyptian side, they haven't got any um, expectations um, to do that much of the World Cup. It's our our first World Cup in 27 years or nearly 28 years actually. So um, just to be at the World Cup is a
0: a win for Egypt. That's what we wanted anyway in the first place. Egypt have never won a game in a World Cup. Do you think they can win a game at this World Cup? Again,
1: it's about the group. If we get a friendly group praying we get Panama
0: by the way no disrespect to Panama uh, no, but no disrespect right. to Panama any Panama people listening to the podcast which I highly exactly. doubt um because I think Panama would beat Egypt, so we can't disrespect them too yes, much. exactly, because Dean is slightly biased. But anyway, let's, <laughs> but listen, on a serious note... Do stuff, you think Egypt can go to the World Cup and do something? Yes, yes, I do. I do.
1: I think any side that has a quality player like Mohamed Salah has a chance to do anything um, at a major tournament. Um, it depends on the group. Um, we've got a great keeper as well, who, if he plays... Will be the oldest player to ever appear at World Cup. Well, he uh, will in, play in Asad Al hadari who really thought the dream was fading away. And I heard, I heard that he was actually uh, thinking of uh, playing uh, in the next World Cup in another four years. Who, what? Which, yeah, he, he'll be he'll be forty-eight years Is old. Is he serious? He, well, we, we laughed at him when he said that four years ago when we didn't qualify for t- uh, twenty fourteen. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule that out if I was anyone. But no. Uh, Egypt quality side uh, when it comes to attack um, problem is um, playing style Um, a lot of Egyptians have had problems with the playing style of mr. Hector Hector Cooper former Porto manager who believes that if I've qualified for a World Cup no one should be criticizing me Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of issues with the way we play there's a lot of reliance on the counter-attack of Mohammed Salah and if um, God forbid, Mohamed Salah doesn't make it to the World Cup. Mm. What it's, what who will Egypt rely on, and what will Egypt do at the World Cup? Because I don't think they'll do very well. So it really depends on um, whether he depends, decides to change the playing style or he goes and plays defensive football against some of the teams we
0: face. But yeah, like I said, it depends on the group. Do you do you have a problem problem with the manager? I just can't see how you can fault a guy who take you to the final of Africa and to the World Cup where the squad he has. is not even the best Egypt squad in the past few in the past few years. I'd say. I'd say uh, the, the the team that. That was winning Afcons for fun was probably better than this one. Even though you've got a guy like Salah involved, yeah. but can you criticize a man who's who's done so much for the country?
1: Well, that, that, it's it's really it's such a topic when it comes to Egyptian football that has really divided a lot of people. And a lot of people believe we should be sacking him, even though he took us to the World Cup and go to it through a different route. And some believe that actually. This guy is a brilliant manager, brilliant defensive manager, and um, been able to use the squad that he has and rely on someone who's obviously in great form in Mohamed Salah, and uh, really create some create some really um, good results. But both in the African Cup of Nations, which we reached the final in, in the first time in eight years, by the way, yeah, um, and reached the World Cup. So, listen, if you've if you've taken uh, a team that. Hasn't been a the World Cup in 27 years And hasn't even appeared at African Cup of Nations Because let's not forget Each of them haven't even qualified for African Cup of Nations Before the the one that we are for- just saying. We haven't forgotten We haven't forgotten I'm sure you haven't Then the guy deserves a lot of credit So I believe he should be at the World Cup If we don't perform that well at the World Cup Then he should leave But he deserves to be there Um so, yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Very, very excited. I actually want to ask you about Algeria, actually. Yeah. Because I know you're not very optimistic um, about the future of Alger- Algerian football. So, what went wrong in that qualifying campaign? And uh, what do you think needs to be done for Algeria
0: to come back at the pinnacle of African football? I think if any country had four managers in six games, they wouldn't qualify. Um, first of all, when the draw was made... You're with Cameroon and Nigeria and Zambia. Two of those have won the AFCON. In fact, all three of them have now won the last three AFCONs. If you, if you uh, go back to 2012, three of the last four AFCONs in that group and us. That is always going to be difficult for any nation. They're powerhouses of African football. You have to respect them. And to come out of a group with Cameroon and Nigeria, you have to be your very best. And we were far from that. And to change the manager again and again and again was so disruptive to the squad. You were getting new ideas every time. Three at the back, four at the back. You've got the divide between the Algerian-born players and the French-born players, and they want to uh, form their own little groups. And the whole thing was just a mess, really. And that was epitomised with the double header against Zambia, which many Algerian people saw as the light at the end of the tunnel, the chance to beat Zambia twice, and that would have kept the hopes alive. But the way they crumbled in Zambia under the reign of the Spanish manager, it was just awful. It was just two down after 15 minutes. They they, they weren't interested. And, and that stems from the management because the quality of player is there. You've got some of the best players in Africa there. And it's almost wasted talent in, in what's happened. No, you know what? Not,
1: not just Africa, by the way. The world. Oh, because yes. uh, Mares and Ibrahimio are quality players playing at top, top clubs. So it really makes you think. So if it's not the players, then it's obviously either the FA who... Seem to panic because if you got four uh, was it was it six managers in four games or four, four managers in six games. four managers in six games then there's a real um, issue with the FA panic because if you lose one or two games then it doesn't mean you have to change the manager every every game or every two games. But
0: each manager had their own issues. The first manager came in; it was the guy who took Ghana to the quarterfinals in 2010, drew to Cameroon, but the FA didn't like what they were seeing. Second game, you got the manager who didn't know anything about the squad, he played Bohemia at centre-half, it was an absolute disaster, he went, and then you're rushing AFCON with a new guy, and then you're getting in a Spanish guy who's just been relegated from La Liga, just so he can make the short trip across the Mediterranean, it did not end well. But enough about nations who didn't qualify, what about Nigeria and Senegal, can they do anything The sub-Saharan nations? Um, I don't know if you remember we
1: we recorded a bit of a podcast when it came to Africa of Nations and yeah. we talked about Senegal and Algeria mm. uh, being the top sides in Africa right now. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry if I'm mentioning Algeria again. I know it's, it really disappoints, it mm. really puts you down. So I'm sorry about that. But they really disappointed in that tournament. Senegal. Um, Mane was the only player that seemed to actually appear at that tournament, but it it really depends on Mane. And I know this sounds very. Uh, bad to say about uh, a team that actually qualify for the World Cup, but if Mane doesn't appear, Senegal really don't appear as a team. Yeah. And that's a problem. Um, he can play anywhere. The, the guy is brilliant. He's uh, he's an absolute star. And when they go to the World Cup, they'll, re- they'll rely, as, of, as will Egypt, of a Liverpool player uh, who basically represents the whole team and the way the team plays. Because Senegal actually... Uh, play one style, and that's through through Mali, and that's counter-attacking football. Um, but I just don't want to mention Mali only because I know they, there's a couple West Ham fans, uh, West, West Ham players that play for for Senegal. Yeah, I Friarte don't w- and, and Saka exactly, and Saka scored uh, the the goal that took them uh, to the to the World Cup. Yeah, so it really depends on Mali and and the players that play abroad whether they appear at at, at the at the tournament. Um, it's it's such a difficult one because all of these African sides, like Nigeria Mm. uh, as well, we'll talk about Nigeria in a little bit, they really have so much quality, which can really cause a lot of issues for for some of these top sides at the World Cup, in Europe, who who, uh, actually... Uh, haven't really been challenged by African sides uh, in, in the major competitions um, okay. recently and I, I really hope that we're able to to show these, these nations who think Africa is just any other continent with poor level of football mm. that we actually have great teams um, and cause a few upsets but just talk about Nigeria actually Alex Uwobi, who um, we're recording this podcast on the Wednesday. I think it was the game against Argentina yesterday. They they, they dismantled they dis- Argentina. <laughs> yes. By the way, uh, Argentina that uh, doesn't have Messi. And, yes, but uh, it's still Argentina who were two up. I saw someone say that uh, basically uh, uh, we you, uh, Algeria drew with Nigeria and Egypt beat Nigeria, which basically means Egypt and Algeria are bigger than. Um, egypt Argentina. and Algeria are a bit bigger than Argentina, which is quite by the way a joke um some banter some banter on the podcast I hope you're listening and laughing away but no um algeria are a great side they 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 always they they always seem to find their way to a major championship even yeah. though they haven't got the best side when exactly. it comes to the qualifications um and it's just, i think it's just the mentality of, the, of of the side and and throughout the generation they always have a winning mentality um and I think they were in the group of, It was called
0: the group of death Algeria, Nigeria, Cameroon, Cameroon. and Zambia You can't forget Cameroon Champions of Africa, of Africa by
1: the way. Yes, exactly. So it was it was a very difficult group to qualify from and to finish top of it and to really dominate that group it says a lot about that, that Nigerian side, um, which uh, I've, I've chosen Alex Uobi to, to, to come and represent them and, and he's played brilliantly with them, given them a, a whole different side uh, that they didn't have, a lot of creativity um, behind um, Ianacho and um, former Watford player. Uh, so they're another great side And I think uh, they haven't really cause any issues in the World Cup when they've qualified. They've no. never really yeah, they have never really done much. last uh, sixteen last time out but that's about it really. That's isn't about it? it, yeah, exactly. So I think they'll be aiming to really beat that last of sixteen. Um, with the players they have and the mentality that mentality of winning they have, I think they'll they'll really do well. Um, and I hope they do for Africa because these I think this is probably one of the best groups of,
0: of teams that have qualified from Africa in a very long time. Yeah and they qualified very easily in a very difficult group. Yes. Now moving on to South America and joining us to aid us in our South American chit chat is South American football expert Roberto Rojas, who joins us on the line now. So the first thing I want to ask you is the game tonight between Peru and New Zealand. Do you think Peru got a good chance of making it for the first time since 82?
2: It seems like it. I mean, I think a lot of people have are very confident with this team because you have to look at at it, um, in a few uh, bit of points. Obviously, this was a team who, if you go back exactly one year, were dead in the water and you know didn't even have a like a, a life to qualify for the World Cup. You know, I think there were like a few points um, from last place, and now they make this uh, this amazing comeback. You know, under Ricardo Gareca, under a really young team who has molded themselves into great wins and famous results uh moving forward the uh, yeah i think the um i think tonight will be um will definitely be a, a festival it'll definitely be a party if they can get a win i mean you look at how this peru team has been able to cope even without pablo Guerrero their um their main leader and you kind of have to realize that this is a team that i think a lot of people should be paying attention about so you have to kind of look that this is a team that are coming out with everything. Maybe the pressures on these players, because as you mentioned, first time in 36 years that they haven't made a World Cup, and tonight's the night that they could be now known as heroes. But um, I think New Zealand, you know, with all due respect, they are a, a wonderful team. You know, they mentioned they are obviously, you know, capable of re-emerging themselves into a into a great team. But unfortunately, this is a Peru side who, you know, is really really technical really really good with and without the ball you know can really attack moving forward great defense as well That I, I think and you look at the atmosphere as well and over there in Lima that I, I think it's it's Peruse to lose I think that they will definitely be able to um, get that win tonight um, yeah I'll be here so,
1: um after the final whistle against uh, when they were playing Colombia in, the, in their final game um, in the campaign, I, I sensed a little bit of overconfidence by the Peruvian players when they knew they were going to play a uh, New Zealand side who really hasn't got the, as much quality as the other South American teams. Do you think that the overconfidence could could really be an issue when it comes to the second leg? Do they, does it feel like they've already uh, already qualified, even though they haven't played the second game yet?
2: I think they can. I think a lot of players, or a lot of fans from Peru, and I think of any country in South America that were in that situation, would be a bit overconfident to take on this New Zealand side who you mentioned. is exactly on par with the other South American teams. You know, a lot of people have to realize that, you know, they were already expecting a thrashing um, in their first leg in, in Wellington. It didn't happen at a nil-nil draw. So they're, they're they're on the edge. They're, they're keeping it a bit cool. But I think some also have to realize that you know this is a sport that anything can happen and um, you know with with unpredictability comes you know that that comes from the uh, the overconfidence and cockiness of some teams but I think on paper and I think logically speaking that you know this Peru side isn't really thinking that much about it I I think they're um, they're more important about just winning more than anything and that um, it, it's just going to help them even more. I think that serves as, as a bit of motivation. But looking at the campaign and the way Peru made it to that um, to that stage, that they that they don't sense that much overconfidence.
0: Now, so let's move on to the sides that have already qualified. Um, can you see a South
2: American team winning this World Cup? Um, absolutely. I mean, you, you can't really can't really deny. Um, brazil and argentina not being among the favorites to win the world cup i mean uh we can start with brazil i mean this was a team who started off the um the world cup qualification process poorly i mean under dunga you know they they were able to struggle with results and um they obviously same after the Copa America scenario in comes chichi and he re-evolutionizes re- uh, this team even further you know winning all of his games and um Oh, sorry, going unbeaten in all the uh, qualification process, that, you know, this is a team with players such as Neymar, Gabriel Jesus, you know, Coutinho, Gino, you know, a lot of players who we are all familiar of watching on um, every weekend or every weekday in the Champions League, you know, that this is a team that, you know, I think now is much stronger than previous Brazil... at least that Brazil side in 2014, but I think the pressure is definitely on them. You know, you, you can't go into a into a World Cup and think that Brazil aren't going to be among the favorites to win it. As for Argentina, for example, that's another team that, you know, struggled its way, had to wait in the last day until a, a great Lionel Messi saved them against Ecuador. You know, they were in real danger of missing the World Cup. You know, and, and they're always going to go into the tournament as favorites. You know, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, the fear, I, I think we... We saw the other day. Obviously, it was just a friendly. That you know, this is a team that really isn't demonstrated and has that personality that, that they have without Messi. But with them, it's a whole different story. I, I fear that you know this might be uh, Messi and ten other men again. But I, uh, you know, you, you have to look at this Lionel Messi, you know, on his on his prime. You know, maybe his swan Song World Cup, depending on how much more he can he can take. Um, that you have to consider them as favorites, but you know, it's you have to be cautious, you know, you, you don't want to be too overconfident in, in saying that, but I, I think they um I think it, it goes without saying that with South American teams they've never been stronger as ever on the national level you know, even Colombia, you know, who the darlings of 2014 that made it all the way to the quarterfinals, they even have a chance of surprising a few others, Uruguay as well, you know, two-time former champions, they also have the chance of, of trying to surprise a bit, but, you know, I, I think this this quality sides that we have here, even Peru, if they do qualify tonight, you know, they, they have a chance because the way that they were able to get results in that brutal South American qualifying process, you know, helps them for the big competition that awaits them in the World Cup.
1: You mentioned Colombia um, a little bit earlier. You, I, I'm, I'm really wondering, because most of these South American sides seem to really depend on a couple of their star players, and um, Colombia seems to depend on and James Rodriguez quite heavily. Um, do you think that Colombia could really try to... Uh, it's really a of a surprise when it comes to the eighteen World Cup, just
2: like they did in the 2014. And uh, what kind of chances do they have going into this World Cup? Well, I wouldn't want to say surprise, but I definitely think they have a good chance of going far. Um, you know, you're right to say that there could be a bit of dependency on players such as Falcao, such as Hamas, you know, such as Cuadrado as well. You know, it, it's going to be difficult to see what their group is as well. You know, they're in a second, they're in the pot, they're in the second pot for this World Cup. They were in the first pot in the um in two thousand fourteen and they had a group with the Ivory Coast, uh, Greece and Japan, and they were able to do that there. Now they go into a, a situation where they're in a, in the second pot, you know, they could end up playing a team like Brazil, or they can end up playing a team like um like Germany or France or any of those powerhouses in pot one that it might prove difficult for them to go even further. I think um when you look at this Columbia side, it, it, it's not a team that hasn't used a lot of players in in this qualifying process. So it's it's a team that they're familiar with, but you kind of never know with this side. Sometimes you think, you know, when they're playing uh, on on their highest level that they could they could beat anyone, but when they're really really poor, you you look at results that you know that have gone out their way that you'd never expect the Columbia side with that much talent to. Um, To really see them as poor, but I think they do have um, a good chance of surprising a lot of players. Sorry, a lot of fans. I wouldn't say surprise, but you kind of want to expect them to to be in a situation where they end up in the round of 16 or the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Very nice, very nice
0: indeed, Roberto. Thank you so much for your time, so much in-depth analysis there, and hopefully we speak to you again another time. But one more question, one more answer. Who do you think is going to win the tournament?
2: <laughs> Brazil. Yeah, I mean, it's very hard to predict. I mean, you wouldn't even, you can't even be sure a prediction maybe twenty-four hours before the whole tournament starts. So, um, but yeah, I think you look at what the. What all the teams are capable of doing, and you look at how they're able to get results, and the way wh- and the opponents that they faced on the way. You know, I think there's the one team that really impressed the most is Brazil. I think they definitely have the, um, yeah, I, the I, biggest I, chance. Yeah, I agree
1: with you, uh, Roberto. Thank you very much for your time, um, and we'll talk to you very soon,
2: hopefully Pleasure
0: as always, man. Thank you, Thank you so much. A big thanks to Roberto Ahmed. I'm sure you can join me in thanking him for yes, great insight. There. Yes.
1: Yes. Uh, really did. Um, digest most of that uh, South American campaign and, and really gave us a good uh, view in uh, Peru's chances against New Zealand which will, who will play um, at 2am I don't 2 know are final you, ticket to Russia
0: will you yes. be awake? Um, I won't be no I won't be <laughs> but Peru haven't been there since 1982 as I touched on earlier so it's a big opportunity for them yeah, um, yeah. we can't forget yeah. there are some other continents who we must respect for what they've done and when America haven't qualified, something pretty special must have <laughs> happened, and we've got Costa Rica, Mexico, and Panama. Yes, Panama yes. have qualified for the World
1: Cup. Panama, that's incredible! Wow, um, Panama, what a story! What an unbelievable story! First time. Yes, um, it's it's actually quite um, I'm actually quite gobsmacked when I was I was watching the game, mm-hmm. and it was a late goal actually, and I was absolutely shocked to see. Uh, uh, you know a a Panama side who no one really expected to even have the chance of qualifying being at a World Cup um, and celebrating it with their fans actually they called a national holiday the day after that's how that's how much should have been a national holiday week (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like I said I think the most important thing um,
0: is US what happened there what's happened there well you look at the team Pulisic and that's it it really is and he's so young so I, I'm not that surprised but in terms of how big the nation is boy did they did they <sighs> fail did they fail to finish of course we can't forget Honduras who've also gone out so that means Panama have managed to finish above America and Honduras two teams who were at the last tournament
1: what, what a shocking blow to the US and, and um, you know it really for them it is it should be a walk in the park and I'm sorry if I'm if I'm offending any of the of the uh, of the teams in in the same campaign as as the US, but the US, uh, despite um, not really having uh, foot, football as as their first sport in the country, they should really be doing much better than that, and at least make at least make the uh, the playoffs, at least yeah. the playoffs, minimum, minimum, exactly. But uh, actually, just to give credit to Mexico, who really should be qualifying. Yeah, it was easy, straightforward. Cost, Costa Rica
0: quarter quarterfinals, final. And...
1: Yes, they really shocked a few, uh, a, a lot of teams. Uh, Costa Rica, who I remember had Brian Ruiz,
0: Mm-hmm. And, goal.
1: and Campbell. Let's not forget
0: Campbell, oh, yes,
1: Jolio Campbell, Joel who who has a great left foot, by the way. The guy is brilliant. I, I'm I'm also a bit disappointed he didn't make it in the Premier League because mm. he's well, a he got re- relegated. He, he did get relegated, but he didn't make it in the Arsenal side, who really haven't got, you know, that much quality um uh when it comes to to wingers when you take away Sanchez and Ozil He should at least be making the squad. squad. Yeah. Yeah,
0: You know what I mean? So so if Emiliani can make the squad, then surely Joe Campbell can.
1: Yeah, yes. I love an Egypt little dig. I see that. I think I think the views will be starting to they'll start getting used to those those little digs we have on each other. But um yeah, like we said Costa Rica, I don't know uh, if they're at the same level that they were uh, when they were stuck in that group um, uh, with, I think it was Italy. It was three teams who had won the World Cup. Exactly. Yeah. Dear me. If if they have a group like that again, then they're mm. just very unlucky. They but are. They're very unlucky. Um, no, it, like I said, these teams, you don't really expect them to do much in the World Cup, if I'm being perfectly honest. They're not going to win it, are they? So I would say last 16. Um, quarter finals if you're lucky uh, because I know Costa Rica went quite deep last time yeah and yeah they, and they only lost, they lost the penalties. On penalties
0: and that was when Van Hal substituted the goalkeeper in extra time <sighs> talk so, about Van Hal. he's yeah. a interesting character
1: um, yeah like I said I don't think they'll, they'll beat what they did last time but go and have fun oh, yes. go, go and have fun enjoy it
0: exactly before we go there is one continent we have not touched on and that is Asia and that is Iran, Saudi Arabia. Um, well, let, well, let's touch on those two first because Iran were at the last one, um, did very well, nearly drew to Argentina and Saudi Arabia, who were back in the tournament since two thousand and six. Have, have, have they've, they haven't really got the quality though to to sort of progress past the group? Would you would you say? Um, first of all, I just want to
1: uh, um, kind of. Talk about Iran because Iran always seemed to, to qualify. And I remember mm. I, I remember them seeing them against um, Argentina and the difference yeah. of quality was really unreal. It wasn't just a little bit. It wasn't just they were really they were camping outside of that <laughs> their they they goal for oh, at least yeah. ninety two minutes. And to get beaten by that last minute winner by the way by Messi. Great goal. Um they they always seem to qualify. Uh, and there's nothing really special to say about Iran. They do the job and that's about it. Uh, the manager Carlos, uh, he's escaped, his name has escaped me. He was at Manchester United, he, but yeah, he's, but he's the manager. He's doing. I know. I, listen, I was a Manchester United fan. I know uh, <laughs> Carlos. <laughs> I'm going, let's, let's just call him Carlos from now on. Um, he's no. Listen, he's 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 a great manager. He's learned from the best. Let's be honest. And um, they won't they won't really do much at the World Cup with the quality they have, um, but good job qualifying. That's that's all you can do if you're if you're a team like Iran. You qualify, you get there, you try to cause an upset and that's about it. But Saudi Arabia now that's a story. Oh yes. That is a story because Saudi Arabia um haven't qualified for quite a while. Um and And they finished above Australia. Australia, yes. Who also qualified by the way. I don't think they'll really care about that now because they've qualified. They beat Japan who um Actually, have quite a decent side as well. So to beat Japan when you know you need to win, um, and a lot of tension in that in that stadium in Saudi Arabia, and to score that, I think they had about 50 minutes left, and yeah. they they scored. Then I think it was uh, a great moment. The stadium erupted, um, and you know another side who are going there, knowing they haven't been there for quite a while, um, just to kind of go and ex- you know experiment with your with your team go have a good time um but they can also cause a few upsets because they've got a few players there who play uh, in Saudi Arabia not the best of leagues let's be honest no but you know i i, I believe they'll they'll really surprise a few a few, a few people because some of that, some of them the players in that team are very technically gifted and i wouldn't be surprised if some of europe's uh, best scouts uh had a few you know had a few uh, looks at some of these players because
0: they are very good and south korea and japan south korea with a very good Min son in their side and, yeah. and japan managed by uh Algeria's manager at 2014 so he knows what it's like to make it to the knockout stage yes
1: japan um uh, japan seemed to always qualify as well just like iran um and actually australia always used to qualify as uh, f- f- um I, I always used to remember when i used to look through the um the asia campaign that australia and um Japan always used to make it to the always. World Cup. Always, always. Um, and that was probably one of their best generations when it came to football a few years back, especially Japan with uh, Kagawa, uh, who still plays for them, I believe. Yeah. Um, Okazaki. Okazaki, who, with Jamie Vardy, is a great one, the league, yeah, there you go. See so he's he's the man of a big moment, Okazaki, when it comes to um Asian football. And he's known for for a good scoring record with with uh with Japan. So and Kago was a great player. So Japan another team that play great technical football and I think in Asia in general the technically they're very good um so and they don't play much direct football in Asia, let's be honest. So um Japan I think They'll they'll be a very decent side, and the experience they have in major championships um, will will really benefit them. Um, and the players that are, are very you know gifted and playing top European sides like Kagawa playing Borussia Dortmund and Okazaki playing Leicester City, so we'll see what happens. But I believe Japan are a very good side uh, going into the World Cup with a lot of experience.
0: Um, and what the other t- other side you mentioned? South Korea. South Korea, with Son. Son is a danger man. I, I do think 2014, where he did score, I think it came a little bit too early for him, yeah. but now he's playing a spur side with some real quality around him, and going into that World Cup, if he can grab it with both hands, maybe if South Korea can do something. I haven't seen much of South Korea. No, well, semi-finals in 02, Yeah.
1: of course. But you, uh, you saw South Korea, actually, when, uh, when they played against Algeria in 2014, yeah. so how did they look? Back um, then,
0: of course, I, th- I think it was the, the the defense was their downfall. They have got some good attacking players. They scored two goals, of course. Yeah, and and the defense as well let them down. You know, two long balls has, has, has cost them in that game really. And the two centre halves positioning were poor. I don't know if they've worked on that. I'm assuming the keeper's going to be different. They're all playing in South Korea, so they all know each other. But so again, they just lack that bit of quality defensively to, to keep the, the better teams out. A
1: lot of things changed in three years so um, they
0: do. they'll be hoping that a lot has changed since. well they're
1: going to need a lot to change, <laughs> change. Be exactly the home again. there you go but, uh, listen the team is is really dependent on Son mm-hmm. and uh, um, like you said attacking wise they need to be scoring outscoring uh, to yeah. other teams so uh, we'll, see, we'll see what happens to South Korea but um, Son is the key
0: man he is he is indeed uh, we've been rambling on about the World Cup for the best part of an hour yeah so I think it's time to end it don't you I do and there we have it that's our a little preview on South Korea. We've been rambling on about the World Cup for the best part of an hour. Have That's you enjoyed it? a lot of
1: excitement there. Um, unfortunately, we don't have any time to preview some of the weekends, football. What a shame. Well, I know. I know. If World Cup really excites us. But we'll, do you know what? We'll, we'll um, analyse some of the results next week. We'll be back with some, we'll, with some club it, football. Exactly.
0: Well, I'm very excited about that too. I am as well. And I hope you can join us for that. Yes, please do. Because
1: uh, we've really enjoyed your company. And uh, the first episode is out of the way. It is. It uh, is. Thanks for listening. Yes, indeed, actually, because, um, you know, uh, it's just great to have uh, a podcast with my good friend Dino here. Uh, oh, I wish and, I could say the same. <laughs> but, uh, no, you know, on a serious note, it's just great to talk football and, you know, have a good time here. So, hopefully, you guys could join us uh, in the University of Football podcast um, for episode two. Thank you.